five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year's Eve! Woo! Can you believe it? We've made it. <laughs> We've made it to the doorstep of 2021. What a year. We're almost there. We are at the entryway. We are on the porch. We are on the lap. We're almost in 2021. Today is December 31st, 2020, and what a year it's been. We never could have predicted when we were saying to ourselves, Happy New Year 2019 is over, that 2020 would be the year of a pandemic. A pandemic that none of us had experienced before. I mean, there's elderly people, like I mentioned, my cousin, she's old enough, 102 and a half to have been here. But the rest of us, most of us, this has been unlike any other year in our lifetime. Lots of negativity, understandably, but lots and lots of negativity. So instead, today, I wanted to focus on the positive. I've compiled my list of the top 10 best things about 2020. So what's on the list? Well, let's see if they match up with anything you might add to a list. Let's get into it. Welcome to Big Time Small Talk. I'm your host, Jody Rollins, and welcome to the last day of 2020. Phew! <laughs> that reminds me of the little um, Hershey's Kiss commercial where all the little kisses are like ringing the bells. They are themselves a bell. And the last kiss is like ringing, 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 ringing. And he takes his little Hershey's kiss flag, you know, that little piece of paper that hangs out of a Hershey's kiss. And he's like, shoo, and wipes his forehead because he's just over it. He's been through it, right? He worked so hard to ring his little bell, which is himself, his own body. That's all of us in the year of 2020. We've worked really hard. Some of us have lost our jobs. Some of us have been furloughed. Some of us have lost clients, lost money, lost um, whether uh, so much. I mean, I'm not even talking about, unfortunately, the death and losing people, but just about the financial losses. You know, it's a lot. We've been through it. I know I have a lot of um, mommy friends who have had to do this homeschooling stuff, which made them want to pull out their hair. One of my friends is like, I cry almost every day because it's a lot. Um, hopefully it got better. I mean, I know teachers who wanted to pull out their hair. We've all been through it. And again, obviously the worst of it is people who've lost loved ones, lost their friends or family member or members, God forbid. It's just been a year of loss. And Every time I would, you know, look at social media on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, there'd be some sort of post about can't wait till it's 2020 or be happy when this year is over and, you know, all of these things. And I, I think I even said it on some of my episodes. We don't know 
what 2021 will bring. So I just say, we've got to find the positives in all that has happened in this year. And knock on wood, you know, I am so grateful and thankful and happy that I didn't lose any family members because of COVID. I know people who lost family members and I, um, some people from my church died and some older friends, but no one that was really, really close to me. And I'm so grateful. I mean, it's not over yet, but at least for 2020, we're almost done, right? <sighs> but I think even when you lose people, there's something positive that's happening in your life. You know, I, as I've mentioned in past episodes, I lost my dad, I lost my brother, I've lost all of my grandparents and uncles, and it's like no one's really left in my family except for my mom and my 102 and a half year old cousin, my 97 year old cousin, and my 72, I think he is, year old cousin. That's it. And then, you know, the distant distance that I don't know who they are. I've seen them in pictures. So I've had a lot of loss and I've had a lot of years where it was just a bunch of, you know, struggle and pain with all this loss. But there's always something good mixed in there if you choose to see it, if you look hard enough. And sometimes it's really freaking hard. You know, I talked about my friend who lost her husband. She is finding the joy of being a grandma and the joy of retiring and just getting on with her life in the best way she knows how. Like a beautiful story, just the love that these two people had for each other. But they're, you know, apart now. But she finds all the good, as I like to say, little kernels and nuggets in life that make her happy. And so when I was thinking about what I wanted to say for the last show of the year and also the last show of my very first season of Big Time Small Talk, I wanted to really be able to encapsulate what this year has been, but do it in a positive way. And so I came up with my, I have my little list here, right here, my little piece of paper. It's actually on a sticky note. Hopefully I can read my own handwriting. I came up my list of the came up with my list of the top 10 best things about 2020. And right off the bat when I was writing it down, I was like, oh, that that that. And then I'm like, what else? Like I had to think about it. This didn't just roll off my tongue, but I had to think, what do I really want to say? What did I experience? What did I focus on? What was positive? And I started going back cuz I remember when I, you know, it was what was it? March, the middle of March, I had to cancel or postpone, however you want to look at it, my biggest annual event. And for those of you who are new listeners, what I do in my everyday life when I'm not podcasting is I have my own marketing events, PR business, and I produce events. And we do two big events every year. Those are the money makers. And the rest of them, the, the rest of the things I do, I'll do uh, public speaking workshops, social media workshops. I have clients where I manage their social media accounts and come up with campaigns. And so a lot of the stuff, all of the stuff I do, I should say, has to do with people and connecting with people in person, physicality, large groups of people. Well, a pandemic hits. And everything I do comes to a screeching halt. 
everything. And so I had to cancel the event myself because my event was supposed to be the first two days of April. And I started thinking back as I was going over what I'm going to put on this list about how I felt at that moment and what I thought and when I thought this pandemic would be over and everything that was going on from, you know, the killing of George Floyd and everything with Donald Trump and then, you know, the election and just so much, you know, people in the streets fighting for rights for Black Lives Matter. There was so much that happened this year and I started sort of going through it all. And it's easy to go, well, that sucked and that was negative and that was terrible and that was difficult and that was hard and that made me cry and I didn't like that. But I started to think about the nuggets, the gifts, the kernels. And there are a lot of them. And so for that, I am grateful and I wanted to share them with you. Because I think that, you know, I, I heard this one study recently and it's and it's sort of a way of thinking. And I'm like, yes, I need to remember that and think about my life that way. And it basically is or says that you can't, you know, feel badly and feel gratitude at the same time. So if you're really focusing on what you're grateful for, anything you're upset about isn't going to be the dominant thing you're thinking about or feeling. You know, obviously, if you're sobbing and in tears over losing a loved one, you can't just shift gears and go, oh, I'm happy. But overall, in general, when you're just, you know, sitting on your couch or, you know, kicking back in your comfy chair or whatever you're doing, and you're just, just you know, kind of reviewing the year. And when all the negative stuff and all the news reports and everything might kind of come back, if you focus on the things that you're really, really grateful for and truly see them, I think you'll see a lot of them. And I am curious to see if anything that I list is anything that has happened in your life. So with no further ado, I'm going to start with my top 10 best things about the year 2020. Okay. And some of them, you know, it's, I had to name 10, so they're not exactly in an order. I mean, they're in order, but you know, some things hold greater weight than others, but I just had to put them on the list. Okay. So that's my disclaimer. Number 10, traveling to the Grand Canyon. So back in, I guess it was the end of September, middle end of September, I, my husband and I were able to go to the Grand Canyon. And we also went to Zion National Park in Utah. And we went all over for four or five days. We went all over southern Utah and northeastern Arizona. And if you haven't been there, stunningly beautiful, especially southern Utah. The colors of the mountains, like the red rock, the red dirt, the, the strange formations, just all of it. And of course, the Grand Canyon. Now, I had been to the south rim of the Grand Canyon, and those are the two big differences, the south rim and the north rim. This year, for the first time, I went to the north rim. I mean, stunning. Now, I have to say, I do like the south rim better. Like the view, it's just different. It's a different feel there. It's more deserty, colorful, rainbow, whereas the North Rim is more green, um, a lot of trees, more woody. But then, of course, the middle of the Grand Canyon is the same color. It's the same thing. 
And as I said before, um, a couple episodes, and I'm going to stop saying as I said before, because some of you are new listeners and it gets redundant. But um, I did get to go on a hike down into the Grand Canyon. And again, I had hiked into the Grand Canyon on the South Rim, but we went with the kids that time, I think six or seven years ago, maybe eight. And they were younger. And so we only hiked about a mile and a half down in and obviously a mile and a half back up. So we didn't go down deep. But it's, I mean, there's not a lot of air when you're climbing up and down there. I mean, it's a higher elevation than where I live. So then this year when we went in September, it's even higher elevation and there's less air. And so it was a really difficult hike. I think it was six, seven or eight miles. I can't remember round trip, but it was one of the most difficult hikes I have ever done going back up. Going down was like, oh, this is nice and whatever. Going back up, literally it was like, (sighs) like we had to stop and sit on a rock and take a break and walk some and stop and walk some and stop and then walk, walk, walk. You know, it was a lot. And I did it. And I was so proud of myself. And it just, it meant more to me because I had spent what basically part of March, April, May, June, July, August and part of September. So about seven months in quarantine. And I love to travel. It feeds my spirit. It makes me happy. Travel is everything. If you check out my Instagram, you will see pictures from all over the world, wherever I have been. I love travel. And so I felt very stifled during quarantine, rightly so, right? We're quarantined. And, um, I was able to finally leave California. We drove and just go and enjoy the outdoors. And it was safe. We wore our masks when we were around people, but mostly it's the outdoors and we were by ourselves, which is another thing that's better about the North Rim. It's a lot less crowded. And so there are people, but you're just not really close by them. And then also to go to Zion, which is spectacularly beautiful. It's equally as beautiful as the Grand Canyon, just different. Again, I have videos of that on my Instagram if you want to see it. It's just, it's spectacular. So number 10 is getting out of the house after quarantine. My son, my um, husband, who I've mentioned before, he is a farmer. He runs a harvesting company and summertime is the busiest time of year for him. It's like, no joke, 15 hour days every day. Sometimes I think he, this past summer, I think he worked 62 days in a row with no days off. Like it's brutal because that's how harvesting is with this type of farming. Um, If people want to (laughs) eat, this is what they have to do. And if we want to eat, this is the kind of work he does. So um, the summertime is his crazy busy season. And so for us to be able to leave and relax and enjoy nature together and not think about the pandemic, except when we put on our masks and just enjoy the beauty that is this part of the country, it was pretty special. So that's number 10. Number nine. Okay, I'm trying to see if I can read my handwriting. Number nine is interesting because I call this losing my crack friends. Now, what is a crack friend? They are those kind of friendships that are just sort of 
you know, they fall into the cracks. They're not usually there for you, but sometimes they are. They're inconsistent. They um, show up sometimes. They support you sometimes. But the friendship is mostly about you supporting them. And I had a couple of friendships that when the pandemic was like full steam, they were like, I don't see why there should be masks and it's not that big of a deal. And it's like the flu. And like, why can't we just go back to work and all of this stuff? And fine, if that's what you think, you're entitled to it. But I had just had it. And there was no sense of support and let's come together and let's fight through this, that this pandemic is the biggest thing that will probably, and God help us if something else worse happens, but at least for now, the biggest thing that's ever happened in our lifetime. I mean, folks, 326,000 people are dead. 326,000. That's astronomical. And that's just this country. So I had a couple of friendships that just, they just thought it was just a pain in their ass to have to wear masks. And it was hard to deal with. And so I just let some of those friendships go. And I did, there is a friend who, you know, similarly believes that, but she does wear the mask when she absolutely has to. And we disagree and we just don't talk about it. But I held on to that friendship because she is tried and true. She's a friend that you can count on, that is always there for me, that has been through thick and thin with me. But these crack friendships, the ones that just fall through the cracks and flake sometimes and all of that, meh, I let them go. And to be honest with you, sometimes I miss them. Even bad friendships have good qualities about it. It's like that saying, even a broken watch is right two times a day, but it's not going to really tell you the time. That's how it is about crack friendships. Even crack friendships have positive attributes. But overall, really? Are they really my friends? No. And so I let them go. And I don't know that I would have let go of them. It was two. I don't know if I would have let go of them if it weren't for this pandemic. Because my, my um, wherewithal and my ability to put up with garbage was just done. Like, you know, everyone, all of us, we've had to deal with all this pandemic. It's a lot. And so extra negativity, I just wasn't going to have it anymore. So I let these friendships go. And I didn't just drop them. It just sort of, you know, made it clear. And I said what I had to say to one friend. And she said what she had to say. And we just agreed to disagree. And the other one just sort of faded off. So I am grateful that I'm not wasting my time on them. And I'm spending more time with people who matter. Friendships of, you know, women and guys who show up for me. So that's number nine. Number, let's see, number eight. I almost said number 10, going the wrong direction. Number eight, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. As most of you know, I believe, and I believe it's been pretty clearly proven that Donald Trump is corrupt and his political beliefs aside, which I don't believe he has, I think he's an opportunist. He is corrupt. I think he's dangerous. And I think he's a racist. I think he's greedy. I think he doesn't pay his taxes. I think he would sell American secrets to Russia. I think he already has. I think he's in deep with Russia as far as money, which has been proven. All of these things. So when 
Joe Biden finally officially won the election, or even when he sort of won, it was a beautiful thing. Because if you're like me, so many of us have had to suffer for four years while he flirts with Ku Klux Klan members and flirts with the Proud Boys and neo-Nazis and says it's not that big of a deal. If you're a minority or a woman or a black person, I mean, a black person is a minority, but being more specific, or Mexican or something other than a white male, he couldn't care less about you. And the president of the United States should, in my opinion. So not to get the whole thing with politics, when Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won, I was grateful. And I continue to be grateful. Gosh, what do we have? Just three more weeks till Trump is out. And I think there's more crap that he's doing. He's pardoned a bunch of like murderers and he's pardoned a bunch of thieves and criminals. It's really sad. It's really, really sad. But the positive is that we have, I think, decent people in the White House. And look, Democrats have their problems too but nothing like what Trump brought to the White House. So for myself, for my family, for my country, and for the world, I am so grateful for a new president of the United States. That is number eight. Okay, number seven. Early on when the pandemic had hit, I felt very trapped, like, I'd say, you know, like I'd say most of us did, you're trapped in your house, or maybe even if some people you still worked at home, you couldn't go and do all the things you used to do. My gym shut down. We can't go out to eat. We can't go to the movies. We can't go, can't go, can't go, all that stuff. And I just was like, oh, I feel stifled, stifled. And so I started going walking and I would walk to this one park that has a loop and it's about, mm, just under a mile to get to the park. And then I would walk a mile or two at the park. And it just made me feel free. I had a sense of freedom. And I only, I, I had only walked to that park one other time before COVID. And this time when COVID happened, it felt more special. It was just like, I don't have to drive to this place. I literally would just put a little, um, I have this fanny pack that holds water bottles in it, get my earbuds and just go. And it felt, I, I, I don't know, I just felt a sense of freedom that I'd never felt before because I've never been trapped in quarantine and I could walk. No one could stop me from walking and no one could stop me from walking to the park, even though they did close the park for mm, a few weeks, but then people just kept walking there and they just kind of gave up and didn't enforce it. But it just was my sense of respite. It was my sense of freedom and a way to get away and a little mini version of travel. So I am so grateful for those walks. I felt healthy. I felt good. I got sunlight. They just fed my soul. And unfortunately, because I live in the desert, it started to get hotter and hotter as we left spring and went into summer and I couldn't do them. But for the few weeks that I could, I was grateful for that. So number seven, my walks to the park. Number six, so as my business basically just blew up 
you know, <laughs> you know, all, everything I had to be canceled. Clients were calling me saying, oh, I'm, you know, that workshop you were going to do, sorry, you know, which is devastating to basically watch dollar signs just flying out, you know, people asking for refunds for the event that didn't even happen, money that I had spent already on deposits and advertising and all sorts of stuff. And it's just like, what? It was so stressful. But the cool thing, which is number seven, I got new clients during the pandemic. I got three new clients where I would do things remotely. Does it make up for all the things that I canceled? No. But it kind of, it made me feel good. Like I could pat myself on the back because much of the work I do originates in my office. Like I create events and then I go out and I figure out how I'm going to do the event and then I market it and I sell the idea to people. They buy in or they don't and then I make it happen. So it starts with a thought in my head and that's most of what I do. And so to be able to get clients to come to me and say, we believe that you can help us with these problems. These are social media marketing clients. is a good feeling because I don't know what would happen. I, 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 there was no way I could have known what the pandemic would do to my business. And yes, like I said, it's not as much money as I would have been making if it weren't for coronavirus. But it kind of makes you feel good when you're like, wow, I'm still able to find a way to make money and to keep my business afloat, which feels like a miracle because early on I was very stressed and I didn't know how I, how I was going to do it or how it was going to happen. And there were some dark, dark days. But the company is still functioning and I'm still getting paid by my client. So each one of those was a contract client, but somehow I keep getting a new one and I have one now. So again, knock on wood, hopefully they will stay my client. So for number seven, new clients. So number six, let's see, number, I'm sorry, that was number six. Number six, new clients. So number five, well, number five is pretty special and it involves you guys. What is it? Stay with me right after the break. I'll tell you. Welcome back. Okay. Now, before the break, I was sharing with you my top 10 best things about 2020. So let's just recap real quick. Number 10, going to the Grand Canyon with my hubby in the middle of a pandemic. It was a nice break from quarantine to just enjoy nature. Number nine, eliminating crack friendships, not people who smoke crack, but friendships that fall through the cracks that are not reliable, friends that just aren't really truly friends. Number eight, the election of a brand new president, Joe Biden, and a brand new vice president, Kamala Harris, which is the first female vice president, the first, let's see, I got to think of all the first, the first uh, vice president of color the most powerful person of color in the history of the United States. It's so cool that she's a woman. 
I love it. So that was a great one. Really exciting for me as a female, for me as a black female, and as a person who loves politics and doesn't love Donald Trump, this was a great thing. Number seven, my walks to the park. Feeling trapped, this was definitely a sense of freedom and a way to escape it for just a few hours. Number six, my new clients from my business. As anybody knows who is an entrepreneur, there's always a little bit of you that's like, how am I going to do this? Is this going to work? What's going to happen? But I've been able to keep my company afloat. It has felt like a miracle at times. So I am truly grateful for every client who has wanted to write me a check and supported my company and the services I provide. And now we're on to number five. Dun, 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 dun. We're halfway through. Number five involves you guys. Why? Actually, five and four kind of go hand in hand, but five is you. Number five is I am grateful for you guys. You guys are one of the best things about 2020 because it's great to have a podcast, but if nobody listens, it's, I don't know what it really is. It's me talking to myself while recording it. And I, I mean, when I, I thought about doing a podcast for a couple of years and people would say, you should do a podcast, you should do a podcast. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I would go, eh, talk myself out of it. Eh, I don't know who's going to listen, how it's going to work. But to have each and every one of you consistently listen and for the show consistently to grow and don't get me wrong, it'll ebb and flow, but then it'll go. It's like two steps forward, three steps back. And then one step, wait, the other way around three steps forward, two steps back, and then it'll be like four steps forward and one step back and then six steps forward. And then two, like it just keeps growing and it doesn't happen obviously without you guys, without each and every one of you. I am truly grateful for every time that you've skimmed through your podcasts and went, Oh, I'll listen to Jody. I'll listen to big time small talk for every time that you could have skimmed over me and listened to I don't know, Joe Rogan or Bethany Frankel or a celebrity or somebody that's just, you know, far no more known than I am because there's a lot of people like that. And you chose to listen to me. Thank you. I mean, as I've said before, this is my passion and I love it. You know, I, I listened to a podcast this morning and they're like, we're playing the best of because it's the holidays and I no disrespect to them. But I'm like, this is when people have time to listen. Maybe they're off work or they're taking a couple days off or they're off of school or this is helping them. You know, people write me. This one girl wrote me on Instagram yesterday and she's like, I love you so much. You're such an inspiration, which just warms my heart. You know, like that means everything. I am so grateful for the fact that you just click on this podcast. So you're definitely one of the best things that has happened to me this year. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And number four, and this is why I said it goes hand in hand. Number four, I am grateful for this show, Big Time Small Talk, because I didn't know if I could do this. I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I didn't know how much to share. And I've mentioned all this in other episodes and how much not to share. And sometimes I'm still learning for that. But as each episode happens, I get more and more comfortable. And I love this even more. And that's why even though it's the holiday seasons season, I'm not going to just take time off and not do this. This is fun. 
This is my joy. This is my pleasure. Connecting with you guys just through my speaking voice is everything. So I am, I am grateful that I get to do this. You know, no one can stop me. As I mentioned before, when I used to do a lot of acting and singing, you were always auditioning and always having people size you up. I would go into auditions and then you hear back from your agent and they would say, you're too tall, too short, too fat, too thin, too black, too white, too young, too old, too everything. And you're always being sized up and you're always reaching and hoping. But with this, no one can take it from me. I can do this. And as long as you guys keep listening, and even if you don't, I might even still do it and just hope for the best. But as long as you guys keep listening, I'm going to keep doing this show. So it's been such a joy and such a pleasure. And I learn about myself sometimes, honestly, as I'm talking, I'm like, huh, I never thought about that or never thought about it that way before, you know? And so just thinking about all those things, I just, I love doing this show. So I am grateful that I get to do it for you. That is number four. Number three. Number three is really special because I have gotten to spend quality time with my stepkids. And it would not have happened that way if the pandemic hadn't happened. With my stepkids, they are two and three sport athletes. And so we are always going here, going there, sometimes multiple games in the same night, different kid, different school, different part of the county. You know, we have to go to San Diego County, Orange County, which San Diego is two hours from here. Orange is three hours from here. So all of these things and like everybody's busy and then my husband's schedule and then the kids have all these things and then they have award ceremonies and you're coming, you're going and you're sitting in the audience and you're doing all this stuff. But it was so nice to just sit down and have dinner, to have them all together. And we played games, watch movies together, just hang out. My stepson has a job where he wa- works um, like five minutes, probably less than five minutes from here. And he wouldn't have that job if he wasn't homeschooling right now, you know, or remote schooling, whatever. He's not homeschooled, but, you know, the school's closed, so that's how they do it. But he's able to come visit us more. And he's able to work and make more money for himself and plan for his future. And he wants to go to college. And my younger stepson is here more. And so I get to spend more time getting to know him. And my stepdaughter, you know, she's around more because she's close by. And so just those are the three that are home and the other two live in different states. But um, spending that quality time that I can never get back. I am sorry that they didn't get to play their sports. I promise you I am. But I'm not sorry that my husband, their mom, me, all of us get to spend more quality time with each other because of this pandemic. So for that, I'm grateful for it. So that's number three. Number two is family. My mom and I are getting along better than we ever had before. I don't know if it has to do with the pandemic or if this podcast or some fairy dust that was sprinkled in my Cheerios or what it was, but that's a a great gift. And she's healthy. My mom is, I hope you don't mind me saying this mom, but she's 81, I think. Gosh, I forgot. I think she's 81, but she's lives a full life. And, 
you know, so many people in that age group are dying of COVID. But I am so grateful and so happy that my mom is healthy. And, you know, she's got all her marbles and she lives a great life. Like a lot of people, when they go grow old, they just go, kind of give up. My mom's got friends. She's busy. She does a lot of things. She's active. And I'm grateful for that. She's still on earth. She's still above the ground, you know? So many people in her age group have died. So I'm grateful for her and my in-laws who are alive. And I'm mostly, of course, grateful for my husband. Sorry, he is number one. Not sorry, sorry, not sorry. You know, we are in the age group that we have a less likelihood of getting severe COVID problems, but it is possible. It is possible that we could, you know, toss the dice and one of us could get sick with it and die or have severe effects. And again, thank God and knock on wood, neither of us have gotten it. Nobody in my family has gotten it. And he's alive and well. People at his work, his employees have gotten it. One of them died of it and he hasn't gotten it. So I am beyond grateful because I love him more than anyone else on earth. He is the best human being. And so he for sure is number one in my life, but number two on the list because what is number one? Me. <laughs> and maybe it sounds a little self-indulgent. I am thankful that I am alive and healthy, that it didn't take me down. You know, I didn't get this disease, this virus. Thank God. I mean, there's still a chance, obviously, but I'm going to get my vaccine as soon as I'm able to and I'm in line in the right position. But I'm alive. It's very scary to be an entrepreneur and not know if you're going to have enough clients to pay your business bills and your personal bills. It's very scary to watch people around you in your county begin to die. We live in a hot spot where people were dying at a greater rate in our little small, roughly 180,000 people county when other counties that are similar weren't. And so it was a difficult time, you know, but I survived. I, I started this podcast. I had these new friendships. I had these relationships with people in a way that I never had. I actually made a new friend. I met her right before the pandemic started in person. And then I hadn't really seen her again until I think it was last week or the week before. Like months went by, but we would keep in touch through Zoom or on the phone or texting each other. And I really enjoy this person. Corinne, if you're out there listening, you're such a cool spirit. It's a great thing to make a new friend during a pandemic, which is like, what? I don't think that we would have been friends if it weren't for the pandemic because we would have been busy and doing a thing and going like everything would have been happening in life. So for that, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I get to be here and do this and talk to you and have the family and have the travels and go on the walks and appreciate new presidents and release old friendships and visit the beautiful Southern Utah, Northern Arizona, all of those things on the list. And I'm thankful for you guys. It is really hard to promote this show. You probably get sick of seeing me on social media because I'm on there all the time. <sighs> 
but you guys keep clicking. And I'm grateful. So that is my list of the top 10 things. And I get kind of like butterflies and I, like I'm smiling now because I think about what a wonderful year it's been. It truly has been. The loss and the death and the fear and all of the crap that we've all been through. There have been so many great gifts. And I don't ever want to seem insensitive because I promise you I'm not an insensitive person. I know there are people out there suffering. They have an empty seat at the table at their house or someone's missing. And it's so painful. But if we allow ourselves to only go down that road of negativity and only see the bad things about 2020, I don't think that we will truly appreciate 2021 for whatever it brings. Because we don't know. We don't know what can happen in 2021. And we don't need to spend our time being fearful of, oh God, I mean, there's this new COVID strain that's actually more contagious than the current COVID, right? But supposedly there's no, supposedly there's no, you know, people aren't dying more because of it. So that's a good thing. But there's so many things that can happen that can go wrong in 2021 that let's just take a beat and appreciate what was good about 2020. Make your list. Share some of your list with me. Shoot me, you know, a text or I mean a, a DM on Instagram, which you, as I always let you guys know, you can follow me at Jody Rollins. Write me. I respond to every single person. If you want to write me on my Gmail, that's bigtimesmalltalkpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on my YouTube channel. Subscribe there at Jody Rollins as well. And uh, click five stars. And how about you leave me a review or something on Apple iTunes or I, Apple, what's it called? Apple Podcasts. If you want to do that for the last day of the year, leave a review. Tell me what you think of the show. I'd appreciate it. There's so many good things that happen to every single one of us. Everyone. Even if you lost your job, you lost someone in your life, you lost so much. There's something positive that happened. I'd love to hear what happened that was good for you because I know there are some things that happened. It's important for us to be able to see the triumphs during the tribulations. What is it that a, a Christian saying? Turn your, um, oh my gosh, what is that saying? Turn your, turn your tests into testimony turn the things that you've gone through into a story to tell that maybe helps others, which is one of the reasons I do this show, to connect, to share my experiences, because I love when I listen to podcasts and I hear myself in what they're saying. And I go, oh my God, I'm not alone. Me too. I'm not the only one. So let's see a little positive for the last year of 2020, shall we? I'm excited for this show. I'm excited for my life. I'm excited for your life, for all that's going to happen to us, the good, the challenges, the lessons, the way that we're going to thrive in 2021. Let's do that, shall we? Let's thrive no matter what happens. There are going to be bad things, of course, but let's 
learn and grow from them. And with regard to big time small talk, this podcast, I have so many exciting things coming up. Don't forget, if you hadn't heard my Christmas Eve special, you have homework. You need to binge watch 60 Days In on Netflix, 60-D-A-Y apostrophe S-I-N, 60 Days In. Look it up on Netflix. Netflix, it's season five, because one of the first shows I'm doing next year is Mark from 60 Days In. We're going to interview him and we're going to find out all of the inside nitty gritty. If you like Big Brother, you will like 60 Days In. It's so good. I'm like ah, on the edge of my seat. I was like biting my nails, binge watching it. So you need to hurry up and watch so that when Mark is interviewed, you guys will know exactly who he is and what's going on. And if you want to ask him questions, you can email me or send me a DM or write me on Instagram or whatever so that I can ask him your questions. So Mark from 60 Days In, it'll probably be the second day of January. And the next time I talk to you guys will be season two of Big Time Small Talk Podcast. I'm excited. A brand new season. I didn't even know what I was going to do for episode three. And now I'm going into season two. By the way, this is the 31st full episode on December 31st. I think that's kismet. Like, I didn't plan that. That's just what happened. Now, I have 12 bonus episodes in there as well for the 12 days of Christmas that I did. Check those out if you haven't heard them. So there's more than 31 episodes to listen to, but this is lucky 31 end of season one. I'm excited for 2021. So much to bring you guys for 2021. So many exciting interviews that I have planned and topics that we're going to talk about. We're going to go through this together. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for uploading, for downloading, for clicking, for posting, for sharing, for everything that you've done or participated in that has to do with this show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I wish you a very happy new year. Happy New Year's Eve to you whenever you're listening to this. Happy 2021. It's only just begun. I'm excited. I'm excited for the positivity of a new year. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it.